This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low. Nearside Low Podcast, uh, Season 4. Ray, I'm just going to ad-lib and say we're on Episode 5. Um, Ray, glad to have you. I've had to record our kind of intros a couple times without you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Glad to, glad to be involved. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we've got our guest for this week is um, coach um, and water polo aficionado, Miguel Figueres. Miguel, welcome. Thank you, guys. Nice All to right. see you both. Glad, glad to have you. Um, so uh, yeah, we've got uh, we got quite a bit we want to talk about, um, not just national water polo level, but um, a lot of stuff's been happening in Missouri. Um, I guess the past couple weeks, and so um, Ray, I guess oh, I guess what we want to start out with though is Miguel, what have you been up to the past couple of weeks? So when all this went down, uh, we were prepping for uh, our girls' ODP champs. Uh, out in uh, Riverside, California. We had completed the boys, and then uh, two weeks later, the girls were supposed to go around the 13th of March, and uh, that's around the time we started getting communication from parents, uh, and then I think at that point, Wash- the state of Washington kind of blew up as the hot zone, and there, there was just some concerns, and so we were getting notices that, well, the hotel is going to do this, the pool are going to do this, and uh, again, being with the youngest group, um, you know, obviously I had concerns with parents and, hey, well, my daughter's staying in this group. Could she stay with me? And and then it just kind of went to that, you know, pandemic level. And so things were canceled there. Um, we were in the middle of our, as, as you were, Charlie, we're in the middle of our, our club, you know, season. So our club yeah. for our 14 year and 12 year kids were practicing twice a week. And then we just kind of figured, okay, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to shut down and, and, and cancel some practice. I guess there was really no direction other than we were, we weren't sure what we were supposed to do. And then uh, when we were told we did have to shut down, we did and um, decided we were going to do some online stuff uh, when it looked like we weren't coming back for a while. So uh, Tuesday, Thursday nights, I've been <laughs> leading Instagram workouts on our Instagram live side, live site, our Instagram live uh, for 30 minutes. Uh, which has uh, been a little challenging for me at first because I realized how uh, my physical strength had gone over the years, not doing much. So that was <laughs> good to try to get back in shape, I guess. And then I was doing some Zoom, some Zoom calls uh, where we were doing some video breakdown of some games. Um, it was open to anyone now, that wanted tell, to come by. Tell, tell us a little bit. Like now, I have not jumped on that. Like, what uh, are you just pulling video off YouTube, or is this through USA Water Polo? Some of it is from YouTube. Some of it's archived games that I've had in the okay. past. I tried to focus on newer stuff um, with uh, that applied to some of the new rules, and we discussed those. We'd pick a theme and go from there. Um, so we did a, a semifinal game from the 2020 uh, Land Championships that just happened, uh, and that was a good. It was really a good highlight of the new rules. We also did uh, the women's. Uh, World League Superfinal between uh, USA and uh, uh, Italy back in uh, um, June or July, I can't remember. That was a good one. NC2A Finals, we were watching Ben Hollick play as a senior, as a center, um, a, a semifinal between USC and Stanford. Um, and and then, are you, uh, uh, so you're, you're posting these and you're live 
talking about video breakdown. Now, do you have somebody else with you? Yeah, well, I've invited some other coaches to okay. do it too. And then so, um, uh, frankly, they weren't as well as attended as I'd like. And I figured, oh, it must be me. So I was inviting um, some other slap coaches. And uh, similar to kind of your format here, we would, you know, interview them, get their story on Polo, and then share some video stuff. Okay. Um, and these are over, on. I mean, you want, uh, have you had any like actual Polo at like kids? jump on oh yeah we've had some Good. some kids come jump on and uh ray i've seen your brother on there a few times um and we've done that when we had a uh, uh colleen on there um she was we we're going through some uh, mckendry video and breaking that down together um when zach roper his, her assistant who's been coaching with us this year uh he was on we did uh his final game at iona and it was kind of cool to see uh kind of you know how he played and and, and stepped up there and it was so we've done some stuff like that and we, we shifted gears last week uh i did one where i had a bunch of alumni from our club from back in the early 2000s uh where you guys might even know some of those names uh red charlie you're probably a little older but Ray, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Were there. <laughs> right. 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 give me the 90s give me the 90s <laughs> and, yeah right 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 and then uh we did um we had one for our seniors the other night and next week i'm shifting gears i'm moving it to some of the morning some of not morning we were going around 8 30 at night but i'm moving it to about three in the afternoon and i've got that one set up where i'm doing uh timeout plays and uh corner throw plays I and i'm going to do one and i'm going to do one on uh seven go ahead i was going to say so if somebody wants to jump on this you guys i know tweet twitter wise you guys are tweeting stuff out from the st louis area polo handle right and then i'm assuming Correct. you have instagram also yeah yeah put it, yeah so, so i'll put it on our social Facebook page. okay so anyone can anyone can jump on, cool. uh, which has been good or bad because one time I screwed up the link and then I had to put it right out there and I did get zoom bombed. But our security, I mean, I was okay. able to catch the, oh, wow. <laughs> figure out how that's being done. <laughs> wow. so. yeah, I've, heard, I've, I've, I've only heard of it, so have yeah. that experience. Um, well, it's, it's it's been it's been awesome to see you guys doing that. I know you've also been involved at the zone level, sending out emails about other things that USA Water Polo is doing as well. So it's been great to see the water polo community still trying to do things even though we can't be at the pool yeah and we've been pushing um i think just zone wide i wasn't sure where to, to go with this but i've been having meetings with the other zone chairs and our national office and i just figured well if everybody's doing something if they want to let us know what we're doing so you guys have probably seen the emails i said if any club's doing something send me what you want what you're doing and i'll just blast it out weekly so people could try to attend whether it's a live workout just a, a film session or just a chat and uh we've been fortunate um we've had a uh, coach jimmy heard from east side up in chicago as uh he works with six eight sports so he was able to get uh tony acevedo who came on yesterday maggie Stephens a couple weeks back back janai kerr who uh who worked does our five meter camp for us down here and works in the zone came a couple weeks ago um, next week, Betsy Armstrong's coming on, and then Jesse Smith will be on, and then Matt Farmer, who's a national team athlete out of Chicago, is yeah. going to be doing this. I know you guys have interviewed several of these uh, athletes as well. But um, so yeah, so it, it's been it's been good, and just kind of seeing what other people are doing, and just trying to get the word out, just try to keep the kids engaged, because you know I think at, at first, to your point earlier, Charlie, your first question, we thought it was going to be like, okay, this might be a couple weeks down, and we'll be back. But, uh, you know, I'm hearing all kinds of stuff, so I don't, I don't know. So I'm just preparing for what could be a long, a long, uh, long run. So, 
Right. So as, as zone chair, you have kind of a unique perspective and that you've been talking to people across the country about what's happening with water polo in their neck of the woods. Tell us a little bit about uh, your perspective as far as how some of the other zones and other areas of the country are, are dealing with this situation, how they've been affected. Yeah, I think the big the big thing, you know, for a lot of the, you know, for us, you know, we look at JOs as kind of a cool thing to end our summer, but for a lot of these clubs, especially these clubs in California, that's like what you train for. That's like the big deal. You know, you're out there trying to, you're training for that, going out there to win it, et cetera. And, um, you know, they put a lot of emphasis, you know, right now as, as starting to train for that because they're not in season. So that was, you know, for that to be, canceled or, or not canceled but but shifted was a big deal and so some of our calls were shifting were centered around what are we going to do around how are we going to how should our qualifiers look you know we can't plan for this so um you know diff, just different areas of the country are being affected i think everyone's um i think some of the big concerns are you know when people bounce back are they going to be willing to travel to some of these things or is it going to be more regional but also you have to look at the ec- the economic impact on not only clubs, you know, are clubs going to be able to sustain this? Because there's a lot of clubs that are out there that, uh, you know, frankly, this is this is really hurting them. And will they be able to survive this economic, you know, being this shutdown on on that? Because we're all numbers driven. Um, and at the same time, our family's going to be able to come back and and continue to one, do they feel comfortable, you know, putting their kids in these situations and two financially are they going to be able to to afford uh, some of this so i think that those are major concerns with um all the the zone chairs and 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 then on top of that you know trying to plan for different scenarios are we do we does our zone have a qualifier i think is a big one how again how does it look these you know you have major tournaments with that are held within each zone that uh People are just unsure of how they're gonna how they're going forward, what they're gonna be able to uh, what they're gonna be able to offer. That's, that's a valid concern, and I think from the USA Water Polo standpoint, they want to you know they they obviously have to follow the, the the state and local guidelines as well as the recommendations of, of, of the experts in this. Um, but they they definitely don't want to take things away. But in in the case of JOs, you know you were you were up against a some some clubs had contracts with hotels that were coming up against a 90 day window and there were no guarantees that, you know, some pools were still open, some were shutting down and they just felt that it's best to push it back and go from there. And uh, a lot of unknowns, a lot of unknowns. So too many. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Okay. So let's jump into Missouri. First thing I want to talk about, Ray, I, this happened uh, a couple, maybe, I don't know, going on two weeks ago. Uh, Misha came out with a kind of a summer ruling. And I think a lot of people were fist pumping, you know, the seniors, they're going to get the play. Um, and I guess the way that I read it and, and kind of talking to my AD, um, nothing has really changed about summer. Um, what do we usually do for summer polo in St. Louis? We all join a club and we play. Um, and I know a lot of sports teams at Parkway West, they actually have like a Parkway West soccer team that they compete with and play it over the summer and they follow the guidelines that Misha has. But the one group of individuals that can't participate are the seniors. And so, I, you know, Misha kind of came out with a ruling where they said seniors could participate under the banner of their school this summer, but they weren't going to be covered via, I don't know, they call it catastrophic insurance. Um, and I know Parkway is 
pushed everything back to June 30th, um, and uh, which would mean maybe hypothetically we could play some stuff in July. But um, I'm kind of not holding my breath. So I kind of wanted to get both of your guys' thoughts on that. I'm I'm viewing it through the lens that if we get to play polo in July, I think our best bet would be to just set the clubs up like we normally do and and just have normal summer polo. What do you guys think, Ray? Miguel? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, I I think that a lot of people were encouraged by that um, ruling from Misha, but um, in in reality, I don't really know how much an effect it's going to have just because, A, we, we still don't know how quickly we're going to be able to get back to the pools. I know Miguel and I were talking the last few days, and some pools don't even know when and if they're going to open this summer. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one problem. And then B, just how to how to organize it. I know um, both Miguel and I are pretty involved with Clayton, and um, we were talking. I mean, we're still hoping to have the Clayton tournament this summer, but maybe there's a potential where we could get another weekend and potentially have some high school teams playing. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would be interested in that. But um, even though Nisha came out with that document, I think there's still so many unknowns that it's hard to speculate if it's going to have any effect. Right. Miguel? Yeah, and... and- the other point of that is, I mean, it, I think it's it's awesome that they're willing to do that and, and make these concessions, um, you know, and you hope some of the other state associations do the same. Uh, you just, but at the same time, you're you're talking about, you know, about a, a three-month shutdown where your athletes train for three weeks and they essentially oh, yeah. took they had, <laughs> a three-month spring break. And then they're going to come back and you're going to expect competition at a certain level. So that's going to be a challenge. And then the flip side of that is how many of the the coaches, you know, you're, you're, you coach club, Charlie. Yeah. So, and Ray, so you guys are familiar with that, but how many of the coaches in the area of the 20 plus teams um, are going to be in a position where they can, can actually do that and, and run the, the team. So if there's a way to do it and, you know, if, if the kids want to do it and, but the coaches can't do it. Can the kids all compete for a club and we split them out at club by their team or just maybe to raise point, we, we set a tournament and just say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, versus, versus I don't know. Um, you know, I just think like there's, there's too many unknowns and I'm hearing, uh, you know, from being hearing from the calls that are taking places with the, the pools, because there's a, a group of aquatics professionals, it's about 50, 60 people that have these regular meetings that, and, and uh, there's a lot of talk and people are all over the place. Some pools have decided they're completely shut down. Others are still kind of up in the air with what they're doing. Um, when you start to see uh, the high school pools, you mentioned Parkway is going to close through June. The, through June. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to hear, you know, I know we work out at MICDS as do Jungle Cats there's some questions of what they're going to do. I've heard that John Burroughs has decided to suspend their summer camp, which is huge. If, if, uh, if these private schools decide to suspend their camps and keep people off campus, that's a big source of revenue. If they're well, and I, and I, I find it, I, I, and I've said this time and again, I, I'm hard pressed to believe that like Parkway or Rockwood, you know, June 30th is going to go, you want to use our pool? Come on in. Just jump in. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't feel like, I, I honestly, I don't feel like schools are going to, I mean, are going to want people to be using their facilities until they have a, a set answer on, 
you know, policy and what they need to do and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm not holding my breath, but uh, um, if anything happens, it'd be great. But, I, you know, I, I feel like the best route would be the club route because everybody's insured and, you know, it's yeah. easy, but, you know, so anyhow. Um, all right. Uh, other uh, news, and I would say shocking. So we'll get everyone's first take on this. Um, yesterday, Ray, you um, sent me some info um, that Linden, Linden One University had announced that they were cutting their water polo program. And my initial thoughts were my jaw dropped and I was shocked. Ray, initial thoughts. Yeah, so I think Miguel was probably on it before all oh, of was us. He? Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was shocked by that. I mean, bombshell as well. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard. To, it was hard to. I mean, it sounds like from everyone that I've I've talked to that that this just came out yesterday without any any warning. And um, I mean, is there, there's very differing opinions in the area about Lindenwood. But I mean, I think anyone that cares about water polo in St. Louis is, is sad to see that program program go. I mean, it's it's had such a big impact on not only growing the sport in our area, but in being able to contribute uh, back to the sport. I mean, I was, I was looking this morning, I think five school, high, five of our high schools are coached by people that went to Lindenwood. Um, a number of referees were involved with Lindenwood. And I know just for playing the game, it's, uh, there's always people that have gone to Lindenwood and um, really helped the sport in our area. So, um, so I, I was definitely sad to see that news yesterday. I mean, I think, I, I think some of the other schools like Wash U, SLU, Mizzou are probably excited that they're not going to have as much competition in the CWPA next year. But um, I, I think everyone agrees that um, the loss of that program is something that um, will definitely hurt us. And is I, I feel bad for not only all the athletes there, I mean, some of which I've, I've coached, but um, also to Coach Dave Miller, who has worked for the last five years there and had uh, incredible success. So um, certainly, certainly a tough loss for our area. Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback off that, I mean, the guy lost his job, you know, they, you know, unfortunately Dave had, you know, one of the few club opportunities that you can coach and have that job security as, you know, a salary and benefits. And so that's, you know, really unfortunate for him. And, you know, he put his heart and soul into that program, put those kids above everything else. And, uh, you know, um, was always concerned with their well-being and mentoring them and putting them in a position to succeed post-graduation. Um, you know, I've had, as you guys have, lots of our kids go on and play there and uh, found it a really rewarding experience. Um, it's such a cool, unique setting with kids from all over the world coming together. Um you know, selfishly, these kids come in and play with us it, it, during the, the year as Clayton members. So it always elevates the level of our practice, you know, and, and, and Ray, you kind of mentioned, say what you want about people's opinions, uh, you know, of them. Dave was always one in the forefront of trying to work with their school and sell them on the fact that, hey, we should go varsity. We can compete at this level. And, uh, you know, I know you guys had Dan Sheridan on uh, a few weeks back who, who referenced them as a model program that hopefully teams would fall after. But unfortunately, with these cuts, you know, you're seeing this. And, um, you know, it's a shame. I mean, you know, the the reality is they're just not going to fund it. So the, the silver lining in this is the kids could, you know, 
without a pool, it's going to be very difficult, but the kids could self-fund this and do this the same. But, you know, Charlie, I saw on the Instagram, uh, Mrs. Griffin posted a little thing about Clark. I was like, oh, cool. He's going to get to go play with his brother. He was probably yeah. very excited. Yeah. And now like, wow, you know, and I know you've got, you know, Simon's there too for yeah. you. So you've got yeah. a lot of kids that have gone there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame for the area, you know, and hopefully something, you know, you know, it's, it's doesn't sound like the administration if they're cutting i think uh there was a post dave followed along he, he posted this on his facebook site and uh he mentioned there were three or four other sports yeah that's what i i had heard there were multiple sports so i mean obviously a funding issue in some regards but you know i mean i you know and i had i had talked to uh, uh mrs griffin about all that and and she had mentioned kind of what you had just mentioned miguel that i mean there is still a possibility they could participate like as a club team um, if they could find yeah. a pool and, you know, maybe somebody to stand on deck as a coach. Um, or although I know, you know, at SLU and Mizzou, they, they don't have coaches, do they? Right. I mean, we just kind of. No, we just yeah. ran ourselves. Yeah. Ran ourselves. <laughs> Those wild SLU. SLU boys. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, again, I was, you know, I was shocked and very disappointing to hear. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, I'm a sign of our times with Corona and uh, other things going on. But we wish. uh those kids the best of luck so yeah and i i mean i hope as i said i mean it's yeah, that was real sad to hear that news i hope that some of them if they still want to be able to play might be able to play at other areas in our region or i mean as you said form a club team themselves but um the impact of not having that program will certainly be felt yeah, yeah. um okay uh let's talk about uh seniors in the area ray take it yeah, away so man. I mean, part of, part of the reason uh, we wanted to do this podcast today is because uh, with the help of Missouri Water Polo, we're going to start um, honoring some of the seniors in our area, especially because uh, this year there were no senior games, no opportunities to play their uh, spring of their senior year. Um, one thing that I, I did want to discuss was it seems like uh, we have a number of seniors this year that are planning to play next year, whether it be at the club or college level i know miguel you've been involved with uh, a number of kids um who are going on and have committed to play at uh, some of the colleges um in d1 so um you just talk a little bit about uh some of the seniors you know that are going to play next year and um just some of the opportunities that people are going to have yeah um well first of all i'm just looking down the list that uh i see was you know philip uh Lexic from i hope i'm pronouncing his name correctly um from uh micds uh will be going to brown um and i know i've talked to felix mercado about uh, about uh, uh, about philip and he's very excited uh for what they're getting uh so as well as their assistant coach jenny's really really pumped that philip's going there his brother his older brother played at uh, bucknell and so he's got some uh history knowing the east coast teams and so he's really excited to go there and uh grade wise a good student so he'll have a uh, i think a lot of success uh michael Kreinkamp, as you both know is going to santa clara and i was really excited for him because for him it sounds like he's they've got everything he wants and i think he'll uh he'll make a great impact at that level he'll he'll uh you know really be a team player up there and so it's i'm excited to see what happens with him um We've got a few players I know from from our club that uh, that are heading out. Uh, 
Sakura Gavin, who's plays at Parkway Central. She's going to be up at Mercyhurst. Uh, she kind of had an in there with her coach, Andrew Shonoff, played there and was an All-American up there. I think she'll she'll do well going in. She's looking forward to that. Uh, another uh, player going to Mercyhurst is Nick Miller from DeSmet. He uh, primarily will be a center defender, I think, uh, but he's he's up there um, as well. And uh, they're going to join uh, Tegan Thomas from uh, DeSmet, graduated last year, is up there. We have another player, Tommy Kelling, who is a senior at Webster Groves. They don't have a team, and it was hope we would have created something with a group of slap athletes this year uh, to play some games. Um, it obviously didn't happen, but Tommy will be at Gannon University up in uh, Erie, PA. Justin Rodermich from DeSmet is going out to Concordia University in Irvine, California. So I know that he is... Uh, ready for that challenge. He knows he's uh, going to be going to go up against some uh, bigger, stronger players, but, uh, you know, he's, he's willing to, to take on that role and, and uh, take on that challenge. I do know that uh, Sarah Dawes from Oakville, uh, she uh, had looked at, um, she's going to be at the United States Air Force Academy. She was hoping to, uh, she looked at a couple uh, military academies um, the only one that has varsity water polo for women is Virginia Military, Military Institute, but decided on Air Force. So she's going to get to play on their men's club team. So kind of cool for her. You know, I referenced uh, Clark Griffin uh, going to Linwood. So hopefully uh, they, will, they will get an opportunity to play and get a chance to, um, you know, get something and hopefully they'll, They'll find a way to keep yeah. the program alive. Uh, and, you know, we've got a few. I, I know there's a few. Charlie, I see you put uh, just, you guys yeah, going. Yeah, we, we got some Mizzou, <laughs> we awesome. got some Mizzou crew. I don't know if that's official, but, I mean, they could be yeah. building a they could be building a dynasty down there. So, St. Louis University, you better look out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, but, oh, I mean, overall, as Miguel, as you're highlighting those, and um, there may be a few others who had not been yeah. officially announced. But, I mean, it's great to – I mean, I, I love hearing, and it seems like every year, particularly this year, we have more kids going to play at the varsity level in college. It's great to hear. I mean, you mentioned two females in that cohort cohort as well. So, um, I, I mean, I, even even though we didn't have polo this spring, I mean, I'm, I'm very encouraged to see we've got people going to the West Coast, East Coast. We got boys, girls. I mean, I think that, that says a lot about our area, not only at the high school level, but I think it also shows at the club level that um, our clubs are – starting to get players with enough experience and uh, reach to be able to go play at that next level. Yeah. And I think to, to your point there, there are players from St. Louis that are, they, they should be bachelors. They should be celebrating this, that they're, that are going on to play at some of these schools and they quietly do it. They don't make a big scene. They don't maybe make any, their coach say anything. And so I think given the opportunity to, for this format or for when the coaches are putting these, you know, hopefully these videos out through Missouri Water Polo, um, you know, players should be should be proud. I mean, personally, as a parent of, of somebody who's in college, I know how important it is for the kids to stay involved in something. So having somebody who's who's doing something, playing, playing, uh, whether it's club water polo, varsity water polo, whatever, you know, it really should be, you know, something somebody takes pride in. And I think one of the unique things about kids from St. Louis you guys both know when you when you see the various club teams around the country 
if you've got a kid from St. Louis in there, inevitably, a lot of times that kid might be running the club. Uh, so they're learning something from playing clubs under the club system we have here. They're learning how to be leaders. They're learning how to organize. They're learning how to manage their time. So those skills, we're not just teaching them how to play polo. We're putting other skills, we're giving them those other life skills that they're going to need. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a credit to, I think, the, the coaches and the clubs in this area and our, our passion for it. And hopefully the kids feeding off that. Yeah. And then one, we're going to get your thoughts on a few other topics, one of which was uh, just this last week, uh, the NFHS announced that they're implementing some new water polo rule changes, which will be in effect for the 2021 high school water polo season. I think a lot of a lot of exciting new rules, which are going to uh, not only be interesting for the players, but also for the referees and coaches as they try and get a handle on these. But uh, 16 rule changes were made. Uh, it, trying to align with the rule changes that have been made with USA Water Polo. Those rule changes will include now there will be a six-meter line. Uh, you'll be able to take a direct shot from the corner throw. You'll be able to pull your goalie and set up a seven-on-six. Um, you'll be able to um, – you'll be able to – and there will be a couple other changes, like, for instance, now holding the ball, being followed from behind can be called a penalty – Versus now, if you're holding the ball, that's often not called. So uh, Ray, uh, slow down. You slow down. Okay, let's go. Let's back up. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go. Let's go. I've got. I see the list here. Let's go. Six meter line. What is the new six meter line rule? What is the old rule that it's kind of replacing? So the six meter line. So right now we have the five meter line. Any uh, any foul outside five can result in a direct a direct shot. shot. So we're moving. Um, we're moving that back a meter. Correct. Correct. Okay. Now, when I Miguel, when we played, and I was a little later, I was late '90s. You were early '90s. Was there a was wasn't there a seven meter line rule, or was I wrong in thinking that? There was. It was a two point rule. It it started after it was NC two A, and I think yeah. USA Water Polo adopted a little bit. It came out right after I graduated in '93, and it was played for the '93 '94 season. Okay. Um, and so there was a seven meter, but it was worth two points that shot. Okay. So if you scored outside seven and then they went back to, I think at that point, they, they used to be a four meter penalty shot. Then they went back to the five meter rule. Right. Right. So the, I remember four the, meters. The five meter line is still there. And I don't know if NFHS is going to have it. The five meter line is still there, but it's only for the actual penalty shot. Yeah, correct. So, right. but, so, but, but, but now that six meter area becomes the penalty area. Okay. If you get followed in there, so um, so good. From what do you got? I, mean, I, I like the change. I, I think five meters. I love it. It's too easy to Having, draw a foul and turn and score if you have a good shooter. Yeah, so and I, like I, I love it because I think having seen it officiated properly, it it takes it gives the referees that chance to they don't have to. And I know where this is going to be on a podcast, but that this, <laughs> you know what I mean, where the referee holds, but he's got the ball. He's never. If, if you're grabbed from behind and you're holding the ball, you can call that. And I've seen that call, that, that five-meter call is called right there. Yeah. And so you don't, it's, you know, you, it's really rewarding that player for getting that position. Okay. And, that position and, man, and it does rewarding. make it easier on the referees too. I mean, the fact that, yeah. I mean, if the guy's holding the ball and he's getting whacked from behind, I mean, you can just call the penalty. I mean, it, it, it does make things easier for the referee perspective as well. So that's that folks, just so you follow along here. Cause I'm, I'm, 
I'm not as good as these two are. So we talked about the six meter line, but we also are talking about the foul from behind inside the six meter. Normally the referee would make the signal that, Oh, the player's holding the ball and we'd be screaming and like, well, he just has to put the ball down and then, then we'll call the penalty. But now it doesn't matter if they're holding the ball or if they drop the ball, they can call the penalty. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And they can even All right. delay with that. Right. Right. Isn't that you can, uh, there's so like a little I, bit of a delay on the call. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the uh, the exact wording on how they're going to word this yet, but I I would not be surprised if that's how they're going to word this one as okay. well. Okay, so we're moving on to the next uh, next one. Direct shot from a corner. Now, what I don't get about this, like like so, we're talking about the ball is ball gets knocked out. It's on the two. Is that what we're talking about? Balls on the two. Yeah. So corner throw. Goalie, so normally, we, normally we right. We normally we'd have to get the ball live. Like you do the quick pass to somebody. But you're basically yeah. saying, can that can that person move off of the line into a because I'm thinking, why would I want to shoot from the corner on goal? Does that make sense? So I can move off the line to a better angle. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah. So you can. I mean, so you got to put the ball in play right there from the two. But once once that's done, you can go go score. I mean, so. I mean, the thing is, because right now, if, if and you by get a putting free... the ball in play, Ray, you mean just like popping it up in the air and making a yeah. water. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can move elsewhere um, so you can move to a better position to go to go score. And I know at the Masters level, Miguel and I have seen this already happen a couple of times. So somebody so they've slid into a better position and taken the shot. Is right. what you're saying. Okay. Right. All right. Because well, normally what you do. Go ahead, Ray, or go ahead, Miguel. No, no, no. Charlie, finish. Well, I was going to say, you know, the, the old play was balls on the two. You know, that defender would always cheat back to the middle because that guy couldn't really do anything unless he got the ball live. And you'd be yelling at kids, get the ball live, you know, and they never did. But um, but now it's live the minute they make a water polo move with it. And they could they can move to a better angle and get a shot if their defender drops off. Makes sense. Yeah. And under the feet, and I don't know if this is written the same. I haven't seen the way the new NFHS rules are written. But under the FINA rule, you can shoot from the corner. Okay. So, the idea there is if if your goalie's coming out to double team the center and help that and the goal is vacant, you could shoot it or you can put it in play and attack right. uh, which actually that's one of the doing that on one of the zoom calls I'm doing the corner throw restarts of exactly this scenario is kind of one of the things we're we're talking okay. about. But so yeah, I've seen it happen and it, it makes it exciting because it, that that player immediately has to press and it opens yeah. things up a little quicker. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one in line. And this one's uh, hopefully pretty easy. I understand it. So hopefully the <laughs> listeners do. Pulling the goalie. Uh, exciting. Yeah, I think it's kind of exciting. Uh, I saw it uh, when we were up in. Uh, did I see it when we were up in Indiana? I think so. For the J.O. qualifier. Were they were the rule have been implemented there, Miguel? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say I, I thought a, a team or two did that against us right at the end. And, you know, it's kind of chaotic and it worked out sometimes and not. But pulling the goalie, normally the goalie couldn't go past half. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I saying it right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't pass half, but now he can come and play offense. Yes. Yep. Good yep. move. Bad move. What do you guys think? Love it. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I, I, we'll see how in practice, how much it actually helps the offensive team, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by it too. Okay, cool. Uh, go ahead, Miguel. Yeah, I, I would just say both from the offensive side and the defensive side, because as you know, you know, when the teams go into that stall, you know, maybe they're up a goal, uh, there's a difference in the shot clock or there's not, you know, maybe they're down by two and, all they have to do is pass the ball around. If now you could pull your goalie and become the extra field player and leave the goal open, 
and again, I'm doing a <laughs> self-promoting here, but I'm doing one on seven on six, you know, that whole idea on the defensive side, we're going to cover both the offensive side. What, what could that formation look like? What I've seen so far, as well as defensively, you know, who's covering who and uh, you know, the goalie. Cause a lot of times if, if you'd have your goalie come out and cover somebody, well, that means you just tell that player to swim on your side of half and the goalie's stuck you can't cross half. Now that the goalie can, you can, pretty much match up anywhere in the pool now so i think that's that's a great rule cool all right well we are rocking let's see i mean we're this is a, we're at 38 minutes so this has been a pretty uh pretty long podcast so uh, kind of exciting um uh, but i think that kind of wraps up uh what we've got going on here um we do want to send a quick shout out to uh steve adcock who's um, helping run the Twitter handle at Missouri Water Polo. And um, like Ray has kind of mentioned, and he's kind of organized some of this, is uh, we're going to try and get some info out about seniors um, from various teams. Um, we've asked coaches to make a little video, and um, Steve has agreed to tweet that out from the Missouri Water Polo handle. Ray, are we going to do – was the plan to do them like like two teams every Friday, or we're we doing it Monday and Friday? What was that kind of timeline? Do you remember? Yeah, so uh, a number of our high school coaches have agreed that they're putting together short videos on their seniors, and uh, Steve has graciously organized to tweet those out. Um, they should be starting this coming week, and they'll be coming out um, one or two per day through the Missouri Water Polo Twitter handle. So just keep an eye out for those. Also want to sh- throw a quick shout-out to Adam Ward from Parkway South. Um, he was one of the people that helped um, come up with this idea, but really looking forward to, I know coach, Ray, he is our these. secret idea guy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that Ward, we've got to have you on the podcast sometime. I mean, your ideas, they're, yeah. just, they're brilliant. <laughs> I, I agree. I like this one a lot. So, um, just keep an eye on the Missouri water polo webpage and Twitter page, but, uh, looking forward to seeing some of those videos and recognizing our seniors in the coming days. All righty, Miguel, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. And Ray, it wouldn't be a podcast if I said, Ray, you got anything else? I do not. <laughs> right. This is Charlie. This is Ray. This is the Nearside Low Podcast. Simon off.